Craig White is a men's leadership coach. He takes groups and individuals on transformational journeys in the world of his mentoring program. And he is one of the founders of the well-established and renowned UK men's organization called Men Without Masks, which runs retreats and overseas trips to connect men to their hearts and allows men to turn their pain into purpose. This conversation was very powerful. Craig has a an amazing way to tune into the questions, remain present, remain in his body and has a lot of wisdom. He's got a lot of years in this world of coaching, of helping people connect to themselves, connect to something bigger and, and move away from the mind and come more into the body, be more embodied. So let me know how this conversation lands. Share it on any social media platforms that you feel called to. Reach out to me. Let me know anything you resonated with, anything you didn't. Always love to hear from the people, from the listeners. This podcast goes out. I'm a month away from my second men's event of the year. Got to drop this in there. It's the Men of Earth community, which is building. There's a couple of things I want to talk to. So I have two events happening again this year, one in June 16th to the 18th and another one in August 25th to 26th. I've definitely got lots of spots available for June. However, August, which is a little later, they are filling up. These are very intimate experiences and I'm capping them at six men. We have a lot of time to speak and to share and to lean in to some of the things that we're going to be bringing to these events. They're insanely potent containers and if you feel cool to work with me in this capacity, then let's get a call going. Fill out the application. Link is in the description. I've also got a men's community which is starting imminently. I've got a few men who are diving into the depths of what it means to be human, what it means to show up in your full capacity, step into your power and create a powerful container and community that are going to call you in. So the men's community, more information about that on my website, menofearth.co.uk. That will send you to where you can find more information on that. And lastly, Exhale Coffee, the only sponsor currently of this podcast. Can't speak highly of them enough. Always love having a cup of fresh, organic coffee most days. Reed is a lot for me and it's not for everyone. It's for most. I would definitely say there's a lot of coffee drinkers out there. You can try Exhale if you follow the links in the description. It's organic, it's fresh, it's beautiful coffee. And there are only a select few that you can choose from. You always know it's a good restaurant or good anything when you know they are concentrating on doing few things well. That's exactly what Excel are doing with their coffee. They're doing few things very well. So yes, Excel Coffee, shout out to them, shout out to Alex, shout out to the team. All hail Excel. Right, over to the podcast. Enjoy my conversation with Craig White. sat by the beach the other day and I was asking myself it's a beautiful question to ask how can I be more present right now what would that look like Uh to really understand what I needed to do to just be here now Uh (laughs) but just to actually what 
what does that look like for me to be more present here? Yeah. Probably losing all these narratives that I've got in my head about how I'm seen. Mm. On my own, I find that those voices, as we all <laughs> probably can relate to, the voices get louder when you're on your own. It's a beautiful recipe for just uh, for growth, like being in the van, spending time alone. It's like, what, how do you feel about yourself when you're by yourself? Uh-huh. And that for me is really prevalent. When I was sat on the beach, I was like, okay, what do I need to do to be more present right now? Okay, tune into the body, tune into my breath. Probably drop my shoulders a little bit because my body's quite tense. And then I just found myself like actually being a bit more here. Yeah. And I was just open. Yeah. And I wasn't trying to impress or please anyone. And I actually realized in that moment that I was trying to just make connection with people. But in doing that, I was actually probably creating more separation. Uh-huh. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> because it's so tense and I probably wanted that. And I was like looking for it, you know. Yeah, I mean, on on one hand... It's easy for me and you to say, well, if we can be alone with ourselves, mm. i.e. be alone with our thoughts and feelings and sensations, that's freedom. But yet there's this deep human drive to connect with each other and to be with each other and to really kind of see and, and, and hear each other. Mm-hmm. Fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. You know that this sometimes goes up and down, you know, in volume. Is it meant to do is that? No, no, it shouldn't do. <laughs> is it in and out? It's in now, but it was out when I was talking. Okay. If it does that, just just let me know. It's all good. It's okay? Yeah, all good. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Should be fine. Temperamental. Yeah, man. Um, I actually had a question whilst doing a bit of research. And I was like, how do I begin this conversation? <laughs> and I, was, I wanted to ask you, like, what does self-love look like for you? I think love's a huge one. And if I want to be as direct as possible, it's like, do you love yourself? And what does that look like for you? That's a great question. Mm. I would have probably answered it differently a few years ago. It's not, like, it's not having flower baths. It's not (laughs) going for massages, even though I love massages. It's not self-care. No, it's not that. For me, self, and I'm going to use the word spirit because it works for me. It just works for me. Mm. Self-love. It's actually beyond self-love, but self-love is ever-present when I am connected to spirit and it's interesting we we started the conversation talking about presence because for me it's exactly the same thing it's always here it underpins the essence of existence yet we get lost and we forget about it um, because we get caught up in the external world and this kind of Newtonian model of cause and effect and you know, we have to come back, we have to, you know, the world of self-development and mindfulness and so on is so prevalent now because, you know, 
we've we've gone too far into the kind of field of mind that we need we need the doorways we need these doorways we need yoga we need breath work we need mindfulness we need meditation we need connection we need presence with each other through the senses we need dance we need catharsis if that's our thing to bring us back to that kind of stillness void expansiveness to experience the familiarity of a really really deep connection and for me my reference point for that connection with spirit that means that self-love is 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 just there without even thinking about it it's a vibration it, it's like a subtle it's a subtle vibration and it wasn't always with me chris you know i remember when i first contemplated presence or first contemplated meditative inquiry and and i couldn't keep still you know i really couldn't keep still i first kind of did a yoga and an intensive meditation experience about 14 years ago in in thailand even though i dabbled with it before that and and i just couldn't keep still but i remember on my first ever 10-day silent retreat that i did in thailand which must have been about 10 years ago and um it was almost as if i had to train the beast to be still to be still to be still to be still and stop fighting and recognize that every time i saw my thoughts and i came back it was a victory instead of thinking I'd, I'd failed by doing that. And it was only when I realized that, oh, actually, this is a victory. I keep seeing my thoughts. Instead of fighting with them, I'm actually coming back to a state of presence. And there was a there was a moment where it was probably one of the most intense moments of my entire life where I felt like someone had ripped open the chambers of my heart and my heart was popping out and and I could have disappeared. I could have disappeared into nothingness. And I didn't. There was a, f a little bit of fear came, but um, that was the, f the probably the first. Apart from apart from years before that, with ecstasy, mm -hmm. you know, and we, we, you know that meditative inquiry experience of expansiveness into nothingness, into fullness, into love, into bliss, was the first of many peak experiences. And whilst peak experiences are only peak experiences you know i do believe that every time we have that type of experience it whether it's intentional or whether it's through medicine it changes things it really really changes things and you know we're all having this human experience and as a human we think and we feel and we act and we have a personality but yeah I still get lost sometimes in the mind, but I can just close my eyes now and remember. Mm. Um, Do you ever start to, to crave that? Because that also is a tendency of what happens. We have a peak experience, we have a, a beautiful moment, mm -hmm. and then we want more of it. I did, for sure. I was a, I was a, 
I was a junkie. I was all over the world. I was all, I was everywhere. I was trying everything. Um, and I mean, look, mind speaking now, isn't it? You know, maybe I do still crave it, but for sure I craved it. And now it's like spiritual evolution, self-development, whatever we want to call it. I do believe that right now in my life, you know, I could just rest and just be okay with myself. But my world view now of my life is not, I mean, my, my world view used to be growing, you know, from the conditioning from my childhood, life's a battlefield. And then it was, as I evolved, it was, hang on a minute. No, it's not, Mum. It's not a fucking battlefield. What is it? Life's an adventure. And now it's like my worldview is like, wow, fucking hell. It's like, this. I have a personality right now, which according to people like Joe Dispenza is a combination of what I think, what I feel and how I act. But the potential to change that personality, not because I'm unhappy with myself, but because the potential within me is massive. And in order to kind of experience life in ever-expanding ways and different ways and continue on that adventure, and also in order to leave my mark on the world with a legacy and go into death with that behind me, I'm just excited. So I, I want to change my personality, not because I'm unhappy, because I just see so much potential in the future. And it's a game, and it's, it's a fun game. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying life. I'm actually enjoying meditating every single morning again with my, with my partner, Sarah. We meditate together now. That's also a big shift for me because my, my practice was solitary for many, many years. And now it's a we. It's predominantly a we. We get up. We have a routine in the morning. We prop ourselves up. We do breathing practices. We meditate. We talk about what, is, what our emotional focus is before the meditation and the visualization. And it's, a, it's, it's more of a we thing now. It's beautiful. So that's a shift for me. But I've gone on off a tangent, though, and you're listening quite patiently. But um, I, I guess the, the, the take-home message from there, which I believe, it's a belief of mine, that I, I do want to change. I want to change my personality, but not because I'm... Pissed off and traumatized because I want to create magic in the world. Mm. You know, it's going to change anyway. (laughs) Do we do it intentionally or not? Yeah, we're always we're always shifting and altering, and if we're not conscious of how we're responding to all these external things, situations, Mm -hmm. relationships, things going on in the world, the noise on the telly, everything like that, if we're not responding to it tell it tell it what's one of those (laughs) we had this chat before (laughs) the tell it the telly yeah man um but it's true it's like how do we how do you do that when you have much time on your hands because i think this is one big Mm. thing that always gets um uh, puts a counter it's like wow i don't have the time i have the time to sit in the morning and for me it comes down to priorities i'd like to hear your take on 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 people's um let's say counter yeah. it's not an excuse it's a counter argument i'm going to answer the question based on 
my experience in life over the last few years, so my experience in life over the last few years, mm. has very much been inspired by people like Dr. John Martini and Dr. Joe Dispenza, you know, very much so. So my answer is kind of influenced by those type of yeah. of leaders. And, um, you know, I get that we all have responsibilities for sure. And there's a perception that we don't have time. So my message to, to, to my clients who, who have got a big business and three kids and a divorce and bills to pay and all that kind of stuff is, let's try and carve out within your life pockets. And I say pockets because they're not like me and you. They're not going to go off on a 10-day retreat. They don't have, they don't have time to do that. Yeah, I, when they live in the external world. When I did my first ten you know? day, I was like, "Who has yeah. this amount of time?" Because it's not just yeah. ten days; it's before, after. Yeah. It's logistics. It's like two weeks to do absolutely nothing. Yeah, and you have no idea what you're going to get from it. <laughs> but, but if we can, but if I can help a client to carve out little pockets of time, mm-hmm. and the practice within those pockets is to teach them how to access the consciousness of no time. And when they can do that, a five minute experience of nothingness, of expansiveness, can regenerate the brain, regenerate our body, and it feels like they've been asleep for 10 days. So that has weaved its way into my practice now, where we carve out little moments of time and I teach them specific to what they need because some clients might need to shake for a little bit and, and let out a little bit of steam before they can access stillness. And some clients can go on a, a traditional kind of meditative inquiry. Um, and it takes practice and it takes courage and it takes effort until it doesn't. But by weaving those little pockets in, clients can experience um, deep transformation without going on a 10-day retreat or doing something weird and wonderful like I've done on my journey. So that has become important for me. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's symptom relief for some people Um, and not getting to root causes of of, of what's... Well, I look at... I mean, I'm glad you've asked that question because I kind of... I'm fascinated by the word transformation Mm. and, and in terms of the root cause. I look at transformation within if you like four steps they don't have to be linear steps but for me there's definitely four parts of the transformational journey and the first one is past mm-hmm. going into the past what is the root cause self-understanding joining the dots haha that's why i'm like that ah i'm behaving like my dad let's do something about it ah or oh, trauma maybe I, I need to keep going into the past maybe i need to work with the therapist do some body work so that is obviously a part of the transformational process mm. and dependent on one's perception of trauma or perception of one's life it, you know a, a person may stay there longer i also believe we can get lost there mm-hmm. one million percent for example with some of my clients if they come to me and they've had years of, of, of therapy and it's obvious that most of it's been integrated I actually have a rule that when, whenever we meet, we don't even talk about the past. 
So the first step is the past. And look, the world of therapy is, 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 is amazing now. There's so much out there, beautiful, beautiful therapies that help us to unlock. But for me, the next stage is cultivating present moment awareness. Whether that's through movement or breath work or meditation or connection with nation or, or nature or whatever it is. But it's that, keep coming back, coming back, coming back. Training the mind to really kind of rest in spirit if you like so that's part of it the third part of it was is what i call real life practice for example a guy is stressed at work without awareness he takes his shit on with him he walks through the door his wife triggers the laugh out of him and before you know it they've detached they've exited and it keeps going on forever so an example of a a real life present practice or micro practice would be and, there's, and, and, I, and I talk about a lot of these with my clients, but an example would be a guy's had a shitty day. He, um, he drives home from work and before he enters into his castle, he has a practice. He practices, he comes to stillness, he might have a breathing practice, he might play some music, whatever it is, he might have a little shaking practice. He might even scream on his way home driving the car. But before he goes in through that door, he has a felt sense of presence. He's ready for anything. You know, he becomes the king who, who can hold anything. He opens the door. He's ready for whatever comes and he walks through that door. And, and, and things like that are an absolute game changer. Other little examples of a micro practice would be when you're talking to your kids, actually look into their eyes mm. you know when you tell your mother you love her actually stand in front of her breathe with her for a second go as close as you can look into her eyes and say mum do you know how much i love you instead of a text message or in, or instead of a little see you mum i love you so these kind of practices of presence are, are real life practices and and we'll make mistakes and we get it wrong but after a while, we get it right. And um, and the last part is what I've now called future hacking. And that's, you know, similar to the Joe Dispenza work where we're actually slowing down the brainwaves, coming into the doorway of the subconscious mind. And when we get there, evoking what we want to feel in life from the inside out, evoking how we want to think in life from the inside out instead of waiting for our external world to make us happy or sad. So those kind of four parts of transformation are really, if you like, part of my work with clients. You know, the, the past, understanding the past, present moment awareness, coming back to self, little real life micro practices and the future hacking. So I kind of like that model. I didn't, I just kind of, yeah, it's nice. Man. you know, put it together. Yeah, I love it. I, feel that's how to show up better that's how we can show up better in our day-to-day -day, in our workspaces relationships mm -hmm. in all aspects of our life like developing these healthy practices to bring us into a state of you know presence being so we can be better so we can show better um and that is so crucial they're the foundations right mm -hmm. of um of strength of of gratitude mm -hmm. of love big one 
Yeah. Uh, and I want to come back to the staring at your mother's eyes because mm. that mm. that was an interesting there was an sh- energy shift within me. So I was like, why is that so hard to do? Um, let's come back to that. But I think this is showing up better in our daily lives. But it's not until we don't get our needs met or our boundaries are crossed uh-huh. that we go so far away from yeah, presence and we shoot off into these like past and future like selves that we just yeah we, ju- we just we just go out of the body into the story yeah into the familiar past <laughs> so what then um and ha- and how what common threads do you see? Well, that with the well, that's exactly why I'm glad we're getting to this because it's it's critical for men now, and I know we're not only talking about men, but um, I am I will come back to your question. Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, everything's perfect, and you know what I mean. I don't have any regrets. But if if you ask, but if you ask me what makes up mistakes I've made, mm-hmm. I could say I haven't made any, but I could also say I have, in 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 service to others to help others watching this podcast and around this concept of being present which is huge in today's world of social media and technology we know what would be taken away from the very essence of of who we are in the present moment for years and years and years i was traveling the world i was doing retreats i was exploring psychedelics i was spending time on my own in darkness and mountains and And I had a relationship. So I had this kind of meditative inquiry box of tools and and I had a relationship. But I still fucked up in relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, I was terrible in relationship. I was just copying the way my mum and dad related, shouting at each other, exiting at every opportunity, not watering the garden and conveniently having a job travelling around the world and being busy. It's only... I mean, I'm 51 now. It's only in, as I sit here with you now, it's only in the last year when I've actually followed my own advice, spent less time in a conscious practice and spent more time really cultivating my state of being in that relationship. And being aware when I exit and not exit. Mm. And being aware when I was on my phone and having rules around my phone. And listening and not interrupting. And every time she judged me because she loved me and she wanted the best for me. Don't flip it back like it's a fucking football match. And and validate her feelings even though they're not your feelings. And so on. There was so many mistakes I was making in relationship. I was interrupting all my girlfriends. I was trying to dominate. I was being a little bit aggressive. I was being the fixer. I was devaluing their experience. I wasn't listening properly. I wasn't looking at them when they were talking to me. I used to exit and it's only when I I, I ate humble pie and said, do you know what? You need to listen to this woman. She's giving you an instruction manual on how to be present and you're just fucking it off and going meditating and thinking that you can cultivate presence in meditation and bring it into your relationship. You can't. And all I can say to you is 
I gave up my, a contract that I had working for World Rugby. I was supposed to be away this year, 133 days, from my, my partner. I gave it up completely. And um, and I leaned, and I've been leaning into the relationship now for a while. And it's just brought me to my knees how beautiful my relationship now is and how it's... People used to say to me when I'll be in yoga schools around the world, mm-hmm. um, they used to say to me, do you know a relationship can be a spiritual path? But because I'd because all my reading had been from the kind of mystical paths where, you know, you're in India and you leave your family and you go on your own, I didn't believe it. Mm. But it's only now when I think, oh my God, this is the most beautiful spiritual path I've ever experienced in my life. And it's through relationship. And it comes back to what I said before about my own practice now. And it's a we. It's a we. It's not a me. And it's, it, I, I just can't believe it. How I changed in relationship. Because before that I made the same mistakes over and over and over and over and over again. And now there's a I felt sense in my body that this is just magical, but it wasn't. We used to fight like cat and dogs. Mm. Fuck you, fuck you. Exit strategy. So this was the same, you know? same yeah. partner. Yeah. Wow. And all I can show, all I can share with other men is this: whether I'm right or wrong, it's my belief that, irrespective of whether she changed or not, or whether she did her work it don't fucking matter because I did mine I did mine without expecting her to change some of my clients come to see me and say my missus has done that she's fucking makes my life a misery you know no she doesn't make your life a misery and other other clients would come and say well if I'm doing my work she needs to fucking do her work it's like grow up Mm. just do your fucking work and all I can say is when when we eat humble pie and we step in because something in our heart is saying you need to be with this woman or this man if you're in a gay marriage. Um, for me, magic has, has really happened. Mm-hmm. But it's the first time I've, I've really lent in, to be honest, and prioritised it. Well, what's happening there on a subconscious level is you're communicating to that person that they're not enough and they that, that they're not okay as they are. And that doesn't give them any room to be present with you yeah. to feel accepted to feel like just in it with you 100% it's so it's so alarming when yeah. you draw people's attention to that and like Jay Shet is doing the rounds now and he talks about this in the relationships it's like oh go go read this book like you're sitting to your partner yeah. oh what about it's basically when you say you give your partner I want you to do this work with me it's like giving them a book on like how to be better in bed mm. imagine giving that to your partner you can't fucking <laughs> do that that's a classic in in men that come to me yeah. well I give them I, I bought my missus so I tell my men to read books like you know I don't know if you've read Get the Love You Want or no. The Love Languages yeah 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 you know I'll, I'll say read these books I don't say to them, buy one for the missus, but they come back to me and they say, you know when you told me to order that book, I also bought, bought one for my missus, and it's like, oh my God, you fucking idiots. You idiots. You don't give your missus one, you be the change. You yeah. you become the book. Yeah. You know, because with trust, I mean, actions are everything, aren't they? Yeah, was it you with, um, or 
what's his name chris brown talking about be the prayer be the prayer yeah don't be the preacher yeah don't be the preacher be the prayer yeah um i think i think it's because our communication our language and in the way which is that that's sometimes communicated through our tone through like how we are when we communicate mm. that sentence of words mm. what's greater than that is the energy in which we well, embody and you can talk about that but it's like how we are moving through life yeah because we will all and i do this you know have a podcast <coughs> i'm going to definitely say some things that i'm not doing yeah because i'll convince myself that i'm because I want to be that person. Yeah, of course. But it's like, oh, I'm not quite there yet, but I'm I'm repeating things which uh, I feel like I'm doing, but am mm, I? Mm, mm. And there's different levels to it. Yeah. And it's a contrast. Yeah. And that's why spending time alone is is really important. Yeah. Because you're your best self when you yeah. know you're being watched. Of course. Yeah. Have you tried darkness? No. Yeah. It's been it's been calling. I recommend it. I don't rush to things, but yeah, yeah it scares the scares the life. Yeah, life yeah. Um, there's a few more scary things I've got coming up this year. I think. Nice. <laughs> so, what was that experience like for you? Let's talk um, about that. This was a while ago. It was a while ago. Yeah, I first experienced darkness for two days on a um, a 500 hour yoga meditation teacher training, and uh, and then I just decided to go in for 10 days. Um, I'm not as extreme as I used to be. <laughs> but yeah, it was... Um, How did that shift you? Or change? It's a good question, that. I mean, if you ask me how have I changed over the years for better, my answer is always, look, shit still still happens but it doesn't stick to me anymore um so i think and also this is you know what's coming through me now is based on your question is how i how my quantification of success has changed you know success used to be an external pursuit and if you ask me now how 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 do i know if i'm successful or not my answer is always I'm just, and it's, this is not a metaphor, I feel it. It's like I'm just more comfortable in my own skin, mm. you know, and that's success for me. I'm not necessarily making more money. It's probably the same as when I used to work full-time in professional rugby, but I'm just more comfortable in myself. And, of course, there's a limit to that as well. You put me on a stage in front of 500 people, I might be shitting myself. Mm. But generally speaking, I'm... I'm, I'm I'm more comfortable in myself. And the darkness was tough. You Obviously, I didn't know what time it was. You lose the concept of time. It's complete darkness. But in in my judgment, the mornings were incredibly blissful. You know, you're in blackness. Your parasympathetic nervous system is so kind of on. And um, <laughs> everything's calm and there's, there's just nothingness. It's like, fucking hell. But then the mind kicks in. Mm. The mind kicks in throughout the day, and we, I, catast I find myself catastrophizing. You know, there'll be times when I have my hand, because I could have opened the door. I didn't, but I could have. There's times when I have my hand on the door thinking, fuck this. But, um, yeah, I mean, what I just... What I just, kept you in? What kept me in was just knowing 
that every time I move through challenge, there's a growth on the other side, really. And um, and also, I I also had I also had a belief that I needed to challenge myself. Mm, is that still there? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I like uh, the co- I like what uh, Dr. John D. Martini says. You know, choose your challenges. Choose them because if you don't, life will give you them. Mm-hmm. So I, I I like that. I tend to choose my challenges. Yeah, I was having a conversation with Pat about. I was going off on a tangent about how we can, with the technology we have, like we we can create like systems and structures that create difficulty for our benefit because we we really don't have and you can talk about this in terms of younger generations and so much opportunity yeah but there's like such a there's not much resistance there in terms of external resistance to 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 have that precursor for change or have something in place that's like yeah we can talk about rites of passages or going through a really challenging difficult period of time my year if i'm if i'm if i've not got something coming up this year that's really gonna push me out of my comfort mm. zone and like like you you, you start catastrophizing <coughs> but it's really you're just contemplating death yeah of course <laughs> going on a long walk for a couple of days that does that to me yeah start to catastrophize you yeah. start, start to have to check in with yourself and speak to yourself in, in ways that's that, that, that gets you through it yeah yeah um, and maybe call on people because yeah. you need it and you yeah, need yeah. those elders, those people around you that are going to tell you the truth and support you through that process. Yeah. <laughs> like this is so inherent and important to, to our growth. Of course. It's unarguable. It used to happen naturally yeah. and now yeah, it's yeah. somewhat yeah. got to be manufactured. Yeah. So, yeah. The uh, co- yeah, the, uh, yeah. And especially in the realm of young men growing up, we, we, we're looking for challenge. You know, testosterone kicks in. You, you're looking for challenge. Mm. It's normally in the dating field. I also think it's important to to witness, not to witness, I also think it's important though, to acknowledge, you know, two doorways of challenge as well. You know, me and you would naturally want to talk about the traditional kind of goal-driven, process-driven challenges of, of the masculine world, if, if we're talking polarity here. Mm-hmm. But there's also the other challenges for young men to learn how to kind of, to receive and to, and to be nurtured and, and to allow maybe someone else to take the lead. You know, a challenge doesn't always involve this kind of mm. masculine pursuit of pain and, 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 and goal-driven perfection and the trophy over the head. You know, a challenge can come, come in in many different ways. So I think it's important to acknowledge that as well. Yeah, absolutely. The internal world, the internal landscape. Yeah. Our psychology yeah. that is vast and largely unknown. Like get that's the that's what we need to conquer now. For sure, I feel. for sure. But also the challenge of, I mean, what, the challenge of communicating with each other, mm-hmm. the challenge of being seen, the challenge of speaking up, the challenge of setting your boundaries. You know, mm. all this domain for young men, which you know most of us associate challenge with sport or some kind of sexual pursuit. Yeah, competi- com- competition. Nature, yeah. yeah. For sure. So, uh, what have you seen over the last decade of of diving into men's work? What have you seen shift and change over that period of time? So, when I'm asked a question like that, um, the reality of my world is because I don't have a TV. 
because I don't read the newspapers. Mm-hmm. Might look like I'm social on social media, but I'm not on social media really. Yeah. In terms of my time, um, I only know what's happening in my sphere. Sure. The people that are showing up. So, it, I, I would be lying if I said to you, well. You know, it seems on a global level that this is happening and this is happening because I'd be bullshitting you. I don't know. All I can say to you, Chris, is that in the clients that I work with, there's definitely a shift from me, 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 me to a pursuit of we mm. in the relationship sphere, 100%. Um, and I'm just, I just see incredible men. You know, I, I, I get... I get there's still violence in the world, of course. And and as a man, if there's still violence in the world, I have a responsibility to change for the benefit of the of the greater good. But I, I just see magic, especially on, on our retreat programs. It's just fucking magical. I, I just brings me to my knees every time I do it. And I feel like I've not even been there. Something's channel, channeled through me. And um, mm. And I love my clients. I'm in love with them. It's not client. It's not coach client. It's just I just I just I love I just love them, and I think that's contrary to what you might learn on a life coaching course. I think it's really important. You know, get, we need to be loved. So, so coming back to your your question, um, I think that's a brilliant, humble response. And on the other side. You know, I'm seeing family members fucking struggling, you know, really struggling and the shame lives deep inside the bones and the tissues and and the denial of suffering and craving to be seen but yet feeling so pathetic that they don't allow themselves to be seen. Yeah, so that's tragic. That's tragic. Um, Do you create space for grief in your life? I have created space from. I'm glad. That's a good question. I have a story around grief as well. I, I used to when I got into men's work. I found that. I could look at you and, you know, we'd look into each other's eyes and grief would come. You know, the grief of, the grief of not having a brother, the grief of losing a brother. When I was 18, he went into the army. He was 12 years older than me. The grief of believing that my brother was never there for me. Um, the, the grief around belief that my dad wasn't there for me emotionally, although... It kind of was, I just believed what I downloaded from my mother about my father, and that's another story, but grief per se, um, I found when I got into men's work that it was easy for me to cry in front of you. Mm. Cry in front of of a woman? Not a fucking chance. So that's been my journey. And um, sometimes I've I've needed hallucinogenics to do that. Mm. But my body's remembered that somehow and 
And I'm just so much kinder now when I'm with my women. Because mm. I do have a story around around not respecting women. That's my that's big part of my stuff. And it goes back to my mother when I was a kid and in her own way, teaching me that I shouldn't settle down, teaching me that I should just love them and leave them. Mm. Um, showing a bit of an animosity whenever I brought a girl home. You know, it's like, well, I can be loving with mum but I can't be loving with another woman. And, and there's a whole deep story there, but I unconsciously fucking hated women growing up. Not consciously, because I could be the Mr. Nice Guy, but unconsciously, I just wanted to project anger on them. Which is really me just wanting to project anger on the part of my mum who kind of conditioned me in that way. Because most of my mum, I'll just love her to pieces. Um, So, um... Coming back to the grief question, um, it was hard for me to show tears and softness and kindness and and grieve in front of um, in front of a female. Um, but now I'm I've had to work hard on that, and I've had to work hard on verbalizing my anger, um, and I've had to work hard on communicating my anger. Only this morning in the kitchen with my partner Sarah, you know, I said to her, I'm fucking angry right now. Mm. I'm just fucking angry, I'm a bit irritable. And she just looked me in the eye and said, thanks for telling me that. Whereas before, I, 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 would, I wouldn't have voiced that before, and carried it and carried it and carried it and carried it and carried it. And then of course she prods a wound, it comes out, it's World War One, World War Three. So the verbalization of my anger and loving my anger and and releasing anger mm. um, has been really important for me. And it's allowed me to be more sensitive around women and not be embarrassed or shamed if I shed a tear. Mm -hmm. So grieving is, 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 incredibly, is incredibly important. Um, and I've learned through the archetypal work, actually. I've learned through the archetypal work that and I'm going to relate it to my mother. My, mother, my, mother's, my mother's 85 and in my judgment, I don't know how long she's got left. She's frail, she keeps going downhill. And, and um, But because of the archetypal work, especially around lover and the relationship to sadness and how sadness is a way to release but enter into the river of love and enter into a world of new beginnings, I have a belief that I'll probably cry my fucking eyes out on my knees when she dies but it'll be so beautiful that if I allow it to happen I'll be a much more loving man in the world so yeah grieving is, is incredibly important mm. thanks for sharing that man yeah no worries it's powerful so powerful what would come up with what would come up for you when you were in the presence of a woman and sadness would come or, or it, emotion would come yeah it, it, it was just weakness weakness yeah, yeah it was just my, I mean it was just my mother uh, as a kid, I mean, I've seen my mother how she is around other people's little kids, you know, and you know, it, she doesn't know she's doing it. She thinks she's trying to actually protect them and be there and help yeah. them to be strong. But she'll say things like, "You don't have to cry. You know what you're crying for? Don't be a cry baby." How do we shift? You that? know, how do we shift that? Because that's a big part of it's what I've seen as most effective and makes so much sense when you stop trying to fix people. And we all do it, and we do it from a loving 
mm-hmm. Birch's place. Mm-hmm. And I was going to ask, what would you do in a situation where you express that anger to your partner? But what would you do if she said, oh, don't feel that. You don't need to be angry. Like, what would do? What would you do in that situation? Well, well, what I've done is the right question, really, because I have done that, and she's done that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, going back even two years ago, um, I had this real belief. Now, I'm not justifying a projection of anger actually here at all, because I I used to do that. I'm not justifying that, but. On the flip side, on the back side of that, I also had a belief that, do you know what? There's no place for me to be angry in this relationship. Like, what's the fucking problem? You know, if I'm angry, I'm angry. And I want to be able to be, I actually want to be able to be angry and grumpy and irritated and frustrated, you know, without you having a shitty day because of it. Mm. And it's only conversations like that that need to happen and, and now there's just a dialogue between us where we can voice perceive negative emotion to each other and it's okay mm-hmm. it's okay I mean and, and sometimes there's a mismatch only this week there's a couple of times where she's woke up like a tigger you know full of dynamic energy and I've been like vroom just in that real kind of withdrawal state stop slowly backing you know, away from the room and instead of the typical what's up with you you miserable bastard yeah which is most couples unfortunately she acknowledges it and it's it's just it's just acknowledged mm. and then if there needs to be a separation like there was this morning she went to the gym and i normally go to the gym with her but i didn't i said you know what i need to just lie in the bed here and just, just like and she jokingly said, fucking hell, you look like you're in your coffin. But I was just honouring my needs. Yeah. And she was honouring her needs instead of, oh, you should be like me and I should be like you and the usual crap that goes on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, magical dance, isn't it? <coughs> it is. Yeah, man. It is. The other thing with the relationship as well, and I keep talking about it because I'm excited about my relationship now. Been together for eight probably seven or eight years but it's time is irrelevant now is um you know i've always been a, i've always been a man that relates his purpose with his vocation of course we've always downloaded we've download, downloaded that from history and you know as in a money earning vocation I've, I, mean, I have been that type of man and it has been at the expense of, of the relationship but now and and this is my story nobody else's but i'm just feeling I've witnessed it before but now I feel it most of the time permanently because we're very good now at repairing little microfractures in the relationship and most of the time it feels brilliant it's just like rocket fuel for my for my coaching practice and my business because when I feel her love and when Mm. I feel her touch and when which is one of my love languages, and the other love language of mine is words of affirmation. Uh, you know, I like it when she gives me positive feedback. It's like fucking rocket fuel. It's absolute rocket fuel, and I feel like the most inspired man in the world. So th- it's not a business and a relationship now. It's just everything has just kind of merged really into 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 oneness for me. Mm. And um, I can't imagine not being in a relationship, and I can't imagine not running a business. But now. 
for the first time ever in the last year, the relationship is actually the foundation for me to be out there, you know, hunting, if you like, mm -hmm. um, in the world through my coaching practice. Whereas before I had this coaching practice, which was everything, and now this relationship was over here, but now it's very much kind of here. Mm -hmm. Is there many things that you are still working through? In the relationship? Yeah, that you could talk about. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, we, this stuff comes up every day, doesn't it? It's just a constant work on. Mm. And do you have a space for that? Do you have a check-in? How does that look like in a tangible sense? Do you have other people that hold the space for you? Has that helped before in the past? It has helped before, but what what's happened with us two, and it relates to the four pillars of transformation that I was talking about, is what's happened is, and bless my partner, she, you know, she had a difficult childhood adoption and all that business, loss, suicide in the family. And um, it's almost as if, and my stuff was more about, my kind of trauma was, was a lot to do with bullying and stuff like that. It's like, there's a there's a judgment here in me that we, we've done our work there. And we've both also been on the kind of yogic meditation path and we've, we can cultivate quite easily, you know, some presence. And we meditate every morning together without fail. Um, it's kind of this; these last two pillars that are important for us, mm -hmm. because we still need to not take each other for granted, and still do these little micro practices and check-ins. And one of the things we always say is, "Are we clear?" You know, and she'll say, "Well, let me feel my body." No, I'm not clear. And then we we repair it. Um, we have another kind of check-in, which I learned from the love languages. It's How's your love tank on a scale of one to ten? Uh, so if she asked me, I might say it's a nine, or it's a six. Oh, what would make it an eight? Mm. And then I ask for, for my needs to be met, for example. So we do little things like that. But the other part for us now is that we've, we've, we're both heavily into Joe Dispenza and his work. So that's become a way, and it's beautiful. Um, so that's part of our kind of unfolding together in future destiny and and so on and now uh, there's just so much joined upness in terms of how we want to live our life and mm. what we want to do with it so that's exciting but yeah there's still challenges mm -hmm. there's a there's been a big challenge for us as well around it's, it's hard to get the right balance as well around triangulation what i mean by that is getting caught up in other people's stories and triangulating ourselves in, in the story of, let's say, for example, a mum and dad or a sister and a brother or getting getting caught so much in that story that we've brought it back into our relationship and it's been at the detriment. Mm. So a challenge for us is, is finding the balance between kind of being there for friends and family to sure. a degree, but also prioritizing our relationship and I've never done that before until the last year and um, it's um, yeah it's it's important for me because my relationship is the most precious thing in the world doesn't mean I don't love my mother I love my mother more than any you know the same as any other man mm. um, and my family members but 
the most precious thing in in my world is is my relationship, which I'll prioritize. Yeah, it does come back down to those. What yeah. am I prioritizing today or this week? Yeah. What does that look like? Or this year even? You know, mm. Maybe someone's ill in the family. I have to prioritize that over anything yeah. for this year. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's just really important to be conscious of that and just check in with that and communicate it. Like I imagine the communication side of things is is crucial. Yeah, of course. And is that one of the biggest transferable things that comes from the immersive events that you do like the how we communicate it for sure but but you, you i think you you said something earlier about i think you just what you we were on something else and you said something about i can't remember what you said but it was on, but my perception of it was that sometimes when we communicate sure we forget about the tone you mentioned something about tone yeah and and Look, there's a whole lot of skill around communication, isn't there? You know, there's, there's workshops, there's PhDs on it, how to verbalise. But um, the energetics behind the verbalisation is really where it's at. Mm. Because I can stand in front of some you and say to you... I've been cut out a few times. You know, you're an awesome bloke, you know what I mean? I love you, but if I'm angry as fuck, you'll feel it. Yeah, or if you're looking away. You know, yeah. <laughs> Your nervous system will feel it. And in in intimate relationships, for with men, mm. the repressed rage is what kills the relationship, mm. not his words half of the time. Yeah, sure. And women are more empathic than us, you know. They're designed that way. The biology is, is that is more the more they yeah. can feel. So they can feel the anger. Mm-hmm. They can feel they can feel whatever emotions is behind our words. So it's important that we're congruent. Mm. You know, a woman will respect you more if you if you're angry and you say I'm fucking angry right now because it's congruent. She won't respect you if she says yeah, you're angry and you say I'm not fucking angry. I'm a fuck. I'm not angry. So it's that congruence between um, the energetics of our tone and, and our body and what we're feeling and and the words that is really really important. Mm. Um, but it's tough. It's tough for men and women. But I can only speak from a man's perspective. It's it's really tough. The anger yeah, piece I is think tough. The resentment comes through and this taps into the nice guy that really wants to make everyone happy and just yeah. please everyone else. But we lie to ourselves often and we suppress our, our truth and that will come tr- come through mm. and true in our in our energy. And it's felt. It's so felt. And who are we to deny yeah. someone else's experience of how we're coming across yeah it's true for them as long as they're speaking from their experience of course. it's true for them of course, of course. doesn't of make course. it right or wrong like trying to yeah. move away from the right and wrong i think therapy has a massive place in relationships mm. i really do the right type of therapy of course because if if we're just entrenched in entanglement and wounds and Patterns, violence yeah. to each other if mm. and kids are involved and we've no time to be present it, Therapy is needed, mm. and I'd love it to become common and available, mm. more available. Yeah, man. Coming towards the close of the podcast, let's talk a bit about the future of of your work and what you're up to. With what's the future of Remember uh, That Mask? Yeah, well, well, well. I've got two brands at the moment. I've got Choreographic Mentoring, which was, if you like, the high performance part of me, the rugby, the team building, the corporate stuff. And there's Men Without Masks, which is my group stuff, life-changing retreats, um, one-day events and so on. But um, 
because I want to kind of, because I want to have more impact in the world, I'm slowly but surely moving everything over over to Craig White because I believe that my reputation in professional rugby, mm-hmm. instead of me denying that, which I have done, to be honest, I'm going to use that profile to raise awareness and to have more impact. Mm-hmm. So, um, but for now... Did you want to touch upon that? Uh, yeah, 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 because yeah, I just want to have more impact. So yeah. within, if you like, the brand Craig White, we'll have a Facebook community, which we already have now. It's the Men Without Masks community. Um, there'll be an online program, online program section. Uh, I'm just creating a little mini program called The Challenges of Being a Man. I'm also going to go into a recording studio soon to create a lot of uh, meditative series um, based on masculinity. Um, we're going to be doing one-day events in the city of Liverpool. We do five-day retreats already in a place called Skipton and Broughton Hall. Soon, I'm smiling because it's the dream of my life. Soon, I'm taking 20 men to Peru uh, on a retreat. It's called a King Retreat. Uh, I might change it to Legacy. But it's men that have done my five-day program, and it's the next level. So it's all about leadership and legacy and mission and inspiration. And um, It's five days in the Sacred Valley of the Incas in Peru. And uh, and then we do the Machu Picchu Inca Trail, and then we finish in, C- in Cusco. So um, that's happening and then probably a year from now I'm going to create a 12 month men's coach certification program and I also still offer private coaching because I like it I love it um, occasionally I'll do remote coaching packages of a guys in a different country but I like to get guys here you know you've been here for a short period you're staying overnight it's a place called Hebden Bridge so I have guys coming to me for deep deep immersions where they hand in the phone and now uh, we just go really deep for three or four days and then there's an integration package at the end of it. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm really busy and I'm I'm super super excited and I'm gonna try my best to write a book this year. I just don't know if I'll fit it in. And <laughs> and a podcast is on the horizon, which will be called Behind the Mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. exciting man. I can it feel is. the enthusiasm oozing yeah, from is. you. It is. What was it? D Martini. He talked about something I I picked up. Gratitude, then love, then inspiration, then enthusiasm. And those are the four ingredients for business success. Yeah, yeah for sure. And, mm-hmm. ironically, they're all so felt emotions. But, mm-hmm. but most of us are so stuck in survival that we never feel them. Because mm. we, we just feel the same emotions every day. Anger, sadness, fear, guilt, hurt, shame, regret. You know, and, and we really have to make the shift and do our, our work to move into that mm-hmm. felt sense of, of, of these other emotions, which are just as real as the emotions that of survival. Yeah, yeah, it causes stagnation. And you're just going to attract that. Like that's yeah. just how it works. <laughs> and, and that's a message for men, actually, and women. Mm. Like... If you're feeling every single day anger, sadness, fear, guilt, hurt, shame, you know, and this is not me with a a, a hammer, you know, it's an indication that you, something has to change. You know, it's important to to recognise that that's not a normal. It's become a normal way of, of of living, but 
you know you don't have to feel that way there's work that we can be done yeah same in relationships yeah it doesn't need to be the way it, you perceive it as of course and that's 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 the light really that has always seen me in many dark places that I've always known that it doesn't have to be mm. it doesn't have to be I can create really yeah, yeah. a life I can wake yeah. up in the morning and feel my yeah. feet on the ground and gratitude in my heart and just go about mm. my day every day and that's that's my success yeah. Yeah. waking up in the morning with a with a heart beating and it's it's like yeah. a, my soul's alive you know of course connected and it's so difficult for people to believe that they can choose the way they think and they feel obviously difficult because most of our programs are automatic but you know we do have a choice we do have a choice to cultivate the way we think and the way we feel but it takes practice mm -hmm. nice man beautiful to end it on good questions mate I love that love it <laughs> thank you brother yeah, no worries thank you too Dying for a piss. <laughs> Thanks for listening, people, all the way to the finish. Appreciate you. Please share if you care. And I always love hearing from the people who are tuning into these podcasts regularly. So hit me up, send me a message on Instagram, best way to get in touch with me. Much love.